The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, January 11th, 2023, Season 18, Episode number 105. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star and presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Today is our job to get you ready for Cowboys versus Buccaneers. We will focus in today on the Buccaneers offense versus the Dallas defense. We got some fan questions we'll get. We're going to try to get questions every day from uh, from fans uh, this week, getting you guys ready for the game. And I actually wanted to start today's conversation with a question uh, that I received on Twitter from Clarence Yee. Uh, The question was, are we, and I think he's meaning by that, the fans, the media, everybody out in the Cowboy universe, are we overreacting to the Washington loss? Uh, It was ugly, but recall last year's anticipation for the playoffs after the Philly game. It was Super Bowl or bust. This year it, um, it can... I don't know what he was saying there, but basically the point he was making was, uh, are we overreacting to that loss because sometimes you can lose the last game and still do well, other times you can win and not do so well. What do you think? Yeah, I think, yes, I'm overreacting a little bit, but that's what we do. I mean, that's that's why you talk about football for seven days before each game. I mean, each each day. I mean, that's what you do. So, yeah, it's probably a little bit of overreacting. No one will talk about it if they play well, but that's – you know that's the last game we've got, last memory that we've got, and it's not the best you know game to go into the playoffs. But as I've said before, last year's the game did not carry over into the playoffs, so you can only hope this one doesn't either. No, we're not overreacting at all. I, I you know this was a must-win game. It really was. If you think about it, I mean, you you had to go in there and you had to establish that you were going to win the game, and then pull the starters once you realized what was going on in Philadelphia. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same problems. You don't run. You're throwing interceptions. How many pick sixes has this guy thrown this year? You know? How many? And Nick talks about it. You know, I heard him on the radio this morning talking about it on 105.3 The Fan. You know? It's not a overreaction at all. You know, you're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to establish you're, you're trying to establish things or, or, or try and clean up things that you've been poor at. You know? The last several weeks, they haven't run the ball. You know, the last several weeks, the quarterback's thrown interceptions every week. You know, these are things, these aren't overreactions. This is like, these are, these are trends that are going towards you getting in the playoffs. And everybody says, you know, you got beat by a backup quarterback who completed 11 passes. You know, you got dominated up front. You're going to play better. I don't know if you're going to play better fronts when it comes to, you know, the defensive fronts. But that's not in a game that you're you're trying to win initially. No, we're not overreacting at all. These are these are legitimate concerns, and we'll all be in here Tuesday morning if they show up again. And we really won't be overreacting then, because you know I, I think the reality is that this team has faults. It, it it plays remarkably well at times. It overcomes mistakes that they make along the way. But the trends are going in the wrong way for this football team, much like it went the wrong way after the Denver game last year. You know, there's things you're seeing that are concerning as you get ready for a playoff game. Yes, no. What do you think? 
Well, even though I do think that the Cowboys are going to be able to play a lot better this weekend uh, when they go out to Tampa, I don't think that this is an overreaction either because you're talking about a team that was incapable of doing absolutely anything. They got one touchdown. They missed the extra point. Other than that, that was it. Like 11 three and outs. Mm. That's freaking embarrassing. How are you not able to do absolutely anything against a team that's not even competing to be in the playoffs anymore? So it's not... I Had they lost that game, it would have been different if they you did. saw some fight in the game. But we didn't see any of that. So that's what makes it worse for me. It's not that they lost whatever. You, you're still in the playoffs, but it's how they lost it. There was nothing in there that they did well. And it gives you worry going into the playoffs when you know you're going to face a team that's a lot better. A quarterback that's... <laughs> The, Maybe the best ma- ever be- played, yeah. yeah probably yeah. the best quarterback in the NFL ever played. But it just gives you a lot more worry and concern. But I do think they're going to be competitive in this uh, game. But it's just it, it was just a crappy way to go out. This week does not feel like we're about to head into the playoffs. That's not the vibe, at least for me. And like in our office space, it's just not as exciting as it would be had they won that game or probably competed in that game. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I the only thing I disagree with you there is I don't think I don't think Tampa Bay is better than Washington. I mean, I don't believe that. I know they're in the playoffs and and they're in and they got a quarterback that everyone knows and all that, but I don't think they're a better football team than Washington, especially from a matchup standpoint. Now I know the Cowboys have struggled against Tampa. They're not the same Tampa team that they played, but I'm just saying. I think let's not. That's what I keep wrestling with is that Tampa's not a good football team. They're not. I mean, they're below average. Have they average started team. to trend up? No. Nope. You don't feel like they have? Mm-mm. I mean, they, they, no, they beat Carolina. They beat Carolina at home. And, but I don't think, I don't think they are trending up. I think they're, I think they're trending in, they're eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and nine, whatever they are, you know, cause I know they didn't play all their guys at the end of the game. Probably could have won it, but nine and eight, eight and nine, whatever they are, I don't, I think they're an average football team. I think Washington's an average team that knows the Cowboys better. And I think that's a little tougher matchup. But I, I'm just saying the reason why I say that I don't overreact is because, I think this team has proven that they can turn it around. I think that they will turn it around. And I do think whatever the reason for it, they were not prepared for the game. I I know they'll be prepared for this So let's go down that line of thinking. If you say they're an average team, does it concern you at all that three of the four losses Dallas has this year are to average teams? Yeah, on grass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What What do you think Dallas is? Uh, you think if, they're an average team? Yeah, you think they're average I mean, team? I mean, I'm, not, I mean I'm not trying to attack you on this. No, I'm just I mean, saying. I'm just interested if they're, they're, because, because, they're a really good football team. Yeah, I, I think that. I think that to me that you know <laughs> you're trying to like convince yourself. <laughs> no, I mean no. No. just the way the face you make. They're, after they're a really good team. Yeah. No, I was laughing at the way he was just like, yeah, which means <laughs> hell no. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, I meant hell no. Yeah. I just I I, I I lost my will to fight right there. <laughs> I just didn't want to go there. <laughs> I think they're I think they're a really good yeah. team. This is a 17 game season. Sure. They they're 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 really good and they they're one of the best. They're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And I mean, I yeah, that's what makes that game so weird to 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 comprehend, but they are a better football team than that. They're a better football team than than the Bucks. They're going to have to go prove it or and no one will care, but they have to do it. I think they are a better team. I think they're a good team. Here's my challenge, and I kind of agree with everything everybody says, 
But I, I, the reason why I think it's not an overreaction is because I don't think it's an overreaction from the standpoint of the the storyline that continues the same. And what I mean by that is you still can't run the ball. You still can't stop the run. You're still turning the ball over. Like those are things that have been storylines that have persisted over the last several weeks. And now, by the way, you're going to face a team that you faced earlier this year that did those exact same things to you. They ran the ball. Even though they're not a good running team, they ran the ball against you. You couldn't stop them. And you couldn't run the ball against their front. You want to talk about a good front you just faced? This might be comparable when you start talking about fronts and how good they are up front. Tampa may be just as good. So I just look at that and I'm like, that's the part where I'm like, this isn't an overreaction from that standpoint. That doesn't mean Dallas can't go and win because I do think this. I told somebody this yesterday. I think Dallas is good enough to beat any team, and I mean absolutely any team in the NFL on any given Sunday. Sure, They absolutely can. I also think Dallas can lose to almost any team. There's probably one or two they wouldn't lose yeah. to. But the, almost any team in the NFL on any given Sunday, if they play like they played right. last Sunday, they can lose that game. Yeah, both those teams fighting for that number one pick uh, were giving the Cowboys some problems <laughs> right. in the second half. Right, so so I think the Cowboys are all over the map. So yep. anybody that says they know what Dallas is going to do Monday, good okay. luck with that. Like, uh, I don't see, trust that. What's the reaction then? You said, is this an overreaction? What is the reaction? It's kind of like reaction, people right. say overrated. Well, what's I think the reaction? They're one and done. That's that's the that's the over that's the I mean I think I think Ambar's right about this I think people have just just have taken on the 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 the, the, the whatever you want to call it the, they've just taken on the burden of this team's just not good enough to go even though Tampa is probably not better than the Cowboys mm-hmm. the good teams don't turn over the ball good team well, and you're going to argue with me but you're going to say good teams are really good on offense good teams score Brian good teams do this good teams lead the league in turnovers mm-hmm. good teams do that and I'm trying to think about I'm just sitting there thinking about all the things that can make them a, an even better team that they don't do well you know they they haven't rushed the passer as well as they need to I mean but that is that on them or is it on the schemes they're playing yeah. we I, the thing that always just bothers me now Nick about this is like Every week you ask a question at the podium to Dak, and it's about an interception. You know, you can't even get to your questions about the three touchdowns he threw or the four touchdowns mm-hmm. he threw that day. You know, you, you know the questions. I mean, the questions to Jerry Jones after the games and stuff, and you know, the running and the run defense and all this stuff like that. I mean, it just it, it just it trends in a way of like this team isn't isn't good. You know, when when but everything else kind of tell. I mean, there's other things that say that it is good, but the things that you really feel like you need to win in the playoffs, they're not good at. That's the problem. Yeah, I think, I think the, that, that's the problem. I the have. difference there may be, and I, this is where I would put it. I don't think you could say they're not a good team. A team that gets 12 wins. I think they're a good team. Good. I think what you got to say is, yeah. are they are they a Super Bowl caliber team? The way they're playing right now, I think that's where the, where the overreaction is. I think most people <laughs> well, that no. watched last week, but what I'm saying, most yeah. people that watched last week are saying they are not one of the teams that are really in the hunt for a Super Bowl. That's the overreaction, I think, at this point, because okay. of what you've been seeing the last few weeks. And that's a fair, I think okay. that is fair for people Fine. to have that estimation. Now, we'll see where it goes <laughs> I, from there. I'm sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking about the game. I, I thought we were talking about the Bucks game and like what they're going to do this week. But like, no, I don't think they're a Super Bowl caliber team. I've never seen a Super Bowl caliber team. But you know and I've what? been here a while. Back, and to, back to what you said earlier, how you think Tampa is not a better team than what Washington has. What, uh, what, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. They made it into there. Whatever. Sure. What I'm 
going back to remembering, for example, when we were talking about Green Bay, totally different team. But Cowboys were way better than what Green Bay was. And they went out there, you thought they could win, and then Aaron Rodgers, once again, <laughs> slaps you in the face. Over time, they end up winning the game. So it's one of those things that even though pieces in their team are not the best, you're still talking about a quarterback that's going to be Tom Brady, who you haven't been able to ever beat at this point. I'm not saying it can't happen. I do think, again, I do think this is going to be a good game and the Cowboys will show up and play a tough game. But we can't just dismiss them and think, oh, well, not it's not. Yeah, no, I but, but I do think they're better than Washington was. And, and whatever, well, every I, game I is different. I just don't agree. I really don't agree. I, I think that we look at the, the schedules and, and all that, and, and I think that, you know, you got to remember, when you get in as an 8-9 and nine team, that means you won your division, mm-hmm. and that means your division is terrible. And and I and, and I think when you know Washington missed the playoffs by half game or whatever, and all three of the other teams got in. Look at who they played six times. Look who the the Bucks played six times. And the Bucks, you know, I think Tom Brady saved them. If, well, the defense saved them most of the the time, and then Brady at the end just won the game. So I, I really don't. I don't. I, I got to remember that the Cowboys are four four games better. Four games better than you know on the record, but I think I think really is they're about five or six games better. So I, I I get it. There's concerns, but I don't believe that this is this. I think the body of work is too too large, and I think that when they are ready to to play, when they they need to have a really big opponent, and if if it's if it's um, Philadelphia with the division on the line, the Giants on Thanksgiving. Obviously, you know, the Vikings, when they came back from Green Bay, I think that they respond. I think they will respond in this game. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dive into this Tampa Bay offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll do that in in just a few minutes. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? 
Bank of America NA equal housing lender credit and collateral subject to approval restrictions apply this is not a commitment to lend With threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Country Music Awards are coming to Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Academy of Country Music Awards are always bringing you the country's music's brightest stars under one roof. May 11th, get your tickets, SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. All right, let's start this conversation on Tampa Bay with, I'm going to take you guys back to week one of the season. Obviously, we know by the end of the game, Dak Prescott was hurt uh, in the locker room the whole nine. Before that point, Give me one memory you have from that game. One thing that, that, that happened in that game that you're like, this is one thing that kind of concerns me or gives me hope. I, what I remember is that they tried every double reverse and, and trick play that first they series got of the game. first series, yeah. and they got like a 53-yard field goal out of Maher, and that was it. That was the only point. And it, it took all this kind of – I mean, like nine months of preparation – to do all these things to move the ball just enough to get to the 38-yard line or whatever, 36-yard line, and, and make that kick. So that that wasn't good. That's what I remember. It took everything you had, and then the Bucks were like, all right, no, enough of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that wasn't good. <laughs> you know, I remember that game, and I went back and watched it last night, but I there were some things about it. I just remember how many times they got Julio Jones involved, whether it was jet sweeps or mm-hmm. throwing him the ball. And you know, Mike Evans made some really nice plays down the field. Um, you know, but I just the biggest memory that I came away from was that they were actually running the ball pretty well with Zeke. You know, he was averaging like almost five and a half yards a carry, and then they just completely stopped. Oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, it turned into Dak trying to force the ball into coverage, and they were knocking. Pa- I mean, I've never seen a team just you know those PBUs, you yeah. know, passes broken up, just bam, bam, bam. It, you know, they kept challenging the Buccaneers. They were challenging the Buccaneers in the middle of the field. And then he throws that ball, the interception that Winfield gets. And I'm like, why? And that kind of was the snapshot of, okay, if you said Dak this year, that, that interception of Winfield was like, oh, that's what you're going to see. You're going to see more of this. But the biggest memory, the biggest memory was they were running the ball well, and they stopped. They just completely stopped running the ball with Zeke. And, and the think, game never really was out of hand. Where yeah, they had to I just that. never – I mean, they, Dallas made some really good stops to make them kick field goals. Yeah. I mean, they really did. And, and so it, it's, it's unfortunate that they went away from that and it turned into trying to force the football. What I remember is the excitement heading into that game, thinking this is uh, this time around the Cowboys will be able to beat Tampa based yeah. on how they had played the year before and how they competed pretty good. And then thinking Dak is back to being Dak. And then the game starts, and he was pretty bad. He was not Dak. Yeah. And he, it was just a game that you're like, okay, what are we watching Based on like the initial excitement, then he gets hurt, and you're like, oh, okay, now we gotta wait a whole another year to start this over again. 
luckily things didn't go down that way. It went better than that, and Cooper Rush did a really good job. But that's pretty much it. I, nothing was working for the Cowboys in that game. Uh, as far as like you having your starters back, you had Zach Martin back in the lineup, and you thought, oh, that was the missing piece that you needed to beat Tampa the year before, and now you got all your starters in there, and it's just... It wasn't really what you expected it to be. Well, you lose McGovern really early in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Farniak is in there early. And then you got the, now you got Farniak and Tyler Smith Tyler playing Smith. on the left side. And you're now, you're like, hold your breath. Here yeah. we go, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So let's, let's now focus in a little bit to the Tampa Bay offense versus the Dallas defense. Yeah. Brian, talk to me about the differences between what we saw from the Tampa offense, what they were on week one to what they are now. Yeah, they, they can't run the ball, and they and they try, and they really don't go very well. Where Dallas struggled in this game, we talked about the jet sweeps. We could see this again. What they did, they ran counter runs, and what they, they put a lot of pressure on digs in this game, having to deal with pulling alignment. They weren't good at they weren't good at the point of attack with them, like where the ball was running, say to the left. The right defensive end, Armstrong gets crushed. They get a block on the linebacker. Now linemen are up on Diggs, who's retreating. Mm-hmm. And now you've got Fournette running downhill. They figured out that, like, listen, we can move offensive linemen in this game, and Dallas won't be able to handle that. So worry about that a little bit, them coming back. You know, Tampa, when they run the ball, a lot of it is like Brady takes the snap and just hands it inside, and then it's Fournette to hit the hole. In the game against Dallas, it was all those perimeter runs that really hurt Dallas in that game. And they figured out running at digs was the best way to do it. I kind of feel like that they're maybe go back to a little of that kind of running. Now, the problem is with their offensive line, they're not really healthy. And and Donovan Smith, who their left tackle, I was talking to people in Tampa about this last night. I said, listen, I'm watching your games, and it doesn't look like Donovan Smith's playing very well for you right mm-hmm. now, the left tackle. And he's like, and he's like honestly, he's not. Circle back to the game if you're the Cowboys. What happened? They moved Parsons over to Donovan Smith's side in that game. Uh, inside move, outside move. They really put him in some bad spots. And, and they, they, the, my Tampa guys admit it's like, yeah, we're, we're a little bit worried about Parsons going over there and having to deal with, with Smith. Because you do watch the Cincinnati game I watch, the San Francisco game I watch. San Francisco just, just mauled him. You know, I mean, with McCaffrey and those guys, they showed the ability to run the football against, you know, but you just have to. It's those combination blocks, which Dallas has struggled with, the combination blocks of two guys together and just push that defensive lineman. And now you got a back that has the ability to make the cut. That's the thing that, 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 that San Francisco, Cincinnati just got luckier than heck. They threw the ball. Brady had a touchdown call back from a holding call because of Donovan Smith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it there's the second half. I mean, they Tampa played great on offense against Cincinnati in the first up seventeen nothing. You're thinking like, oh, they're gonna roll. Then all of a sudden turnovers hit. Brady throws an interception. Brady fumbles the ball. Brady fumbles the ball again. You know, all of a sudden now is and Cincinnati's kicking field goals, and then at the end of the game they get the go ahead touchdown and end it right there. But that's the, this this offense is different just because they haven't had the health in the offensive line and they haven't had the health at receivers. Julio Jones has been really really banged up for them too, so that's something that they're going to have to deal with him, Evans, those guys. Still, like say Donovan Smith, I think is the best thing to do here, and they're having problems at center. Nick Levette, uh, 
Nick Leverett is the is the guard who's the normal starting guard. He's had to play center. So they're kind of in some flux right there. And they were in flux when they played in week one. Yeah. They had some problems in yeah. week one. So it, those things haven't changed for them. But this is a team that, like I say, I would be worried about the stuff going to the perimeter. They had success because they found out that Diggs wasn't interested in playing, uh, playing and forcing the run, and they were killing the edge to get that edge. Okay. Can I ask you the to do the flip side, like for Dallas defense? Because yeah. that first game, even well, first half of the season, yeah, we know how the Dallas defense was and how good they were in pressuring the quarterback and right. creating turnovers and everything. How different is that now? We, I mean, we talk about it every day on the show, but as far as like matchup goes, yeah, what you you've, you've played, I think you played perimeter runs better. You've got Hankins is going to take care of the inside stuff for you, so now that helps Van Der Esch run to get to the perimeter beyond the edge. I think you've got guys like I think Armstrong has done a better job of holding up blocks, yeah. But it depends, like you say, you're still like Donovan Wilson has got to play downhill fast. I mean, he, but you get so much play action with this guy. You know, even though they don't run well, it's they still fake it like they're going to run it. And now you're, you're moving forward. You're going to have to, like, Armstrong's going to have to be great. Hankins has got to hold the middle. You just can't let them, when they, when they take that snap and hand the ball inside, you can't let that be a four yard run. You can't. You got to. You got to find a way for that to be a one or two yard run, and then let them play from there. But to me, I think you got better players on the perimeter. I think your safeties. I think Wilson playing safety. Curse. He was in a boot the first game. He got hurt. Got nicked up in that game. And you know, it, there was there was a lot of things going on. But it's going to be about can your guys get to the outside quick? And like I say, it's different now with Hankins because Hankins takes up blocks, which allows Clark and Van Der Esch to run. And if you could get them out in space quick enough, then make Fournette have to stop out there. Now you don't get that long run for 10, 12 yards like they were getting in that game uh, the first, in week one. I saw where, where a stat where Brady leads the, the NFL and, and getting the ball out quick, yeah. like 2.5 uh, yeah. uh, seconds. So what is he doing? Like throwing, is it quick quick passes to, to Evans and Godwin? Because they don't seem like they're guys. They don't have time to get the ball down the field. So yeah. what, is, what is the it's all, it's all It's all it's all like outs, curls, slants. Uh-huh. It's in, it's inside stuff. They do a lot of bubble screens. Bubble like they'll screen, throw out yeah. there just to the perimeter, get it out that, there. The yeah. first play of the game, if you remembered Godwin caught it was first or second play of the game Godwin caught a ball and went like at at digs and went for like 14 15 yards mm-hmm. I mean it was like quick boom ball they in that game they attacked digs they didn't think yeah. digs could handle ball coming at him the whole game yeah. so that's and, what, and in the run that's yeah. just saying in the oh, run not, well, not necessarily throwing well, at him well, the screen in the like, screen yeah. The, the, yeah. the screen came because he's going to retreat and they couldn't get people out right. fast enough you know their 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 mode in that game was get Lyman in space and make the Dallas secondary and linebackers have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try something similar to this. But the ball they don't their their protection is not good enough for him just to horse the ball down the field. He'll make some throws. I mean, you, you get guys like uh, in, in the game against Dallas, Mike Evans caught a ball for like 18 yards up the field and just curled back inside, and everybody and Brown and everybody there was so much space. Yeah. But that, but as you watch them play, they just don't have the time now to throw the ball. He's not going to sit there. Cincinnati, like when they made Cincinnati made him hold the ball, and when he's taking hits, he's putting the ball on the turf. I mean, there was a couple of times where it was they're one of the worst teams in third and long in the league, and there's a reason for it. Because they can't hold up long enough to get the ball down the field. Yep. 
When you look at these wide receivers, uh, you know we talk a lot about Mike Evans, uh, Gage, and but but you yeah. talk yeah you talk about a lot of guys. Yeah. I think Chris Godwin is a guy. I think you hit it this morning on the radio, Nick. I thought I remembered you talking about him. But Chris Godwin is is when you really think about it, he's the guy that could really kill you. He's got 104 catches for yeah. them this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, Evans has 77. Uh, so he is a guy that they go to pretty 104 catches. 104 catches. Yeah. 1023 is a number of yards, and he had that with one less game. He didn't play one game this what, season. What, so what, what the, what's that average? Ten, I mean, 9.8 or something? What's that? What what's his mean? average? What's he averaging per catch? Oh, I don't know. I don't have that. Well, I, I mean, can look it up. 104, uh, something like that. I like, can look it up. It's almost, <laughs> yeah. it's almost 10, 10 a catch. Um, but Yeah, close. So, close. so yeah. that Almost 10. That shows me that he's, he's throwing those bubble screens a lot to him. Not so much down the field. So, I mean, it's still effective. It's still almost a first down. Yeah. But yeah, well, I didn't realize he had it's nine point eight. Nine point eight. Yeah. So right there at right there at ten yards a catch. So yeah, but I mean the point is, and I guess when you think about it, you you would immediately almost think, hey, if you're going to take Diggs and you're going to put him on one guy, you obviously it'd be Mike Evans. But thinking about that, if you're going to first of all, do you think it's the right thing to have uh, have Diggs travel with someone? And if so. Who should be the receiver that he travels with? I would travel with Godwin myself. I would. Be, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because I think the thing. I, I think the thing. You know, when you're talking about the other receiver there, I kind of feel like though that Evans he'll drop the ball on you every once in a while, yeah. and that's the thing about it is. I mean, he'll he make. Trust me, I'm not saying he's a bum receiver. I'm just saying though, if if you're Brady, you're going to think about in this game. Go to the guy that I, you know, he's thrown the ball to him a hundred times. He's a hundred receptions yeah. there, you know. And 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 Evans, Evans, as great as he is, he loses focus during a game. You will see sometimes he'll drop balls, and it's like, whoa, what, what, what just happened there? Kind of a thing. So if I think if he ha- if if you're if you're saying okay, who is Brady, especially on third downs, who is Brady going to try and get the ball to? He's going to get it to a guy like Godwin, who he knows he can trust is going to make the third down reception. Evans is a downfield player, but like I said, they haven't had the ability because mm. the protection doesn't allow him to get the ball down the field. Yeah, I think I think if you're going to follow him with anyone, that would be it would be Godwin. But then when you get to the red zone, I might I might flip it up a little yeah, bit. I yeah. might I might go with him a little bit bigger on yeah. Evans, and then just try to bracket. You know him. I keep saying Gage. It's Godwin. Yeah. Uh, I keep trying to bracket him with you know Bland or whatever because that, that's what worries me. The Bland on like Evans in the at the four yard line. Like yeah. that, that, I just feel like that's just a, a jump ball. I'm not saying Bland's not a fighter. He can't. Yeah, I was gonna say he's gonna battle. He might give up some, but he's gonna battle. He's gonna battle. I mean, Aaron Glenn. You know, I mean, he was five nine. He would he'd battle. You know, I love Aaron Glenn's game. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm I saying won't say anything. They, they, they have got though. they have got to figure out quickly in this game. Dan Quinn's got to figure out quickly. He's got to go and attack because, like I say, Micah Parsons over Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith is not ready for this. He's not playing well enough to be. And in the first time around, I mean, there were twice where he just embarrassed. He embarrassed Donovan Smith in this game. I mean, they they have to be, if you're the Buccaneers, you have to be concerned about Micah Parsons lining up. But it's going to have to be some wins on the other end, too. You know, with Tristan Wirfs and guys like I me. Mean, you, you, it can't just be all on Micah Parsons this game. They have got to find some other spots to win and make Brady uncomfortable in this game if they can. Haven't we seen, though, where teams have taken advantage of the aggressive nature of defensive ends, Micah being one of them, 
and and really run straight at them, run yeah. toward the off tackle runs, right. run out wide because those guys trying to get to the quarterback sometimes take the easy route to the inside right. and then they get wide play side back of the play rather, yeah. yeah, rather than trying to hold the edge. Yeah. Do you think that could be a, a thing that maybe works against Dallas's? To some yeah, the, the the thing about it is the, the whole idea of playing Tampa this week is keep the outside shoulder free. Yeah. Don't don't give up. Don't run inside, and then all of a sudden you jump inside Armstrong, and they turn on you. And now Vander Esch has to fight you yeah. getting turned, and then getting all the way to the, the whole outside. pursuit is now yeah, jacked exactly. Up, yeah. Everybody stay square. Keep outside shoulder free. Hankins in the middle. Grab as many of the centers, the guards, and then let these linebackers like Clark and those guys run. You know, and and get to. That's the thing. You make Fournette stop. You get a chance. It's like the old. It's like the old days. Who was my guy Nick that played for the Giants way way back in the day? Hampton. Yeah. Well, Hampton. Yeah. Uh, who was the, uh, the way back? Yeah. Well, number twenty seven. The I'm trying to think of. Rod- Isn't that Hampton? Rodney Hampton. Rodney Hampton. No, Rodney, Rodney, no, no, no. There was something. It was another guy. It was built like a big old tank. I know. I can't even remember names. Oh, you're talking about um, Jacobs. Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Jacobs. That was yeah. a little more recent than Hampton. Well, right? that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Jacobs. So, wow. That's he was a nightmare. Jacobs. <laughs> I'm saying, dude. It was Brandon when, Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> when you get him to the edge and he stopped, <laughs> yeah. then it was like it was. But no, when he's playing downhill. Yeah. He's a pain in the, you know what? Because he wasn't slow either. He was no, big and no, he could run. that's what yeah. I'm saying. And the same thing with Fournette. <laughs> yeah. You get Fournette kind of stopped and then have to restart, that's a different thing for him to have. That's your goal this week. Don't let him, make him stop and then go after him. And But when they're running those plays where it's where they're pulling guys, everything's flowing, that's a hard play to stop because yeah. you can't get bodies over there to stop the ball from from getting to the edge. Yeah, because he's not a guy that's going to just put his foot down and just make a huge cut. Like yeah, yeah. like you have to beat him to the sideline, yeah. and then it, like you like you're saying, if he if he stops to try to cut back and yeah. sees a lane, that's where Van Der Esch, that's where those guys that's have at the meeting right there. But but yeah, gain of two. It, it's, you know, it's about it's about the the edge. I mean, yeah. and, and Dorrance and and Tank, they, yeah. they, they've got to win that spot to the outside. And then also the corner. The corner's got to be fighting yeah. and, and making sure he cuts back. He cuts back, that's well, where your friends are. This was a game, too, that Tank did a pretty good job in run defense yep. himself. You know, with the ball going away from him, like his ability to to work outside the knife inside or just straight shoot the gap, jet the gap, you know, those kinds of things. That's where that's where Tank has got to, you know, the tackles for loss and plays like that. That's where he's going to be. He's going to have to be big. You know, I, I'll say this, though, um, you know, with – They've also got this, you know, the kid White, number twenty-nine. Uh, he's he's a guy you have. They've started yeah. to use him more in a, a lot of this offensive stuff, handing him the football. So they've got a couple of backs that they're working with right now. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some fan questions. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, Gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. 
the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savanna. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to the break. Come out to the Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium for a free wildcard watch party, m- party Monday, mm. January 16th. Cheer on the Cowboys alongside the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Rowdy, while enjoying lawn games, food trucks, music, and more. Gates open at 530, kickoff 715. For more information, visit DallasCowboys.com slash 2022 playoffs. Who's quarterbacking for the two teams? I think it's... I think Dak will be there for the Cowboys <laughs> and then Brady for the Bucks. Did at you the you? game. They will not be at the watch party. Let's yeah, be clear about that. They're not going to be at the watch party. Yeah, yeah. Danucci will be yeah. at the watch party. Will he? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. You know, he's actually pretty good, on the, he's pretty good on the radio. Is he? Yeah, we interviewed him one day. Is yeah. he doing USFL now? He is. Uh, he is on the... Uh, Wait, is Vegas? it USFL or is it X... I uh, it's Seattle. Right. He's with the... It's the, XF, it's the XFL. XFL. He's Seattle. The Seattle okay. team in the XFL. But huh. actually, we had him on the radio. He huh. does a really good job. It's 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 He's very okay. entertaining. So you're saying I need to call him once his career's done? I'd say you need to give him a call. Like, <laughs> hey man, are you still under contract you anywhere? Yeah. Are there, there going to be doing? hats out there in Seattle, like upside down Seattle? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's made that into a nice little business. Has, That's a has, nice little hat. Everybody's man. wearing. But, that. I know it's a nice little hat. But he he came on. He's really funny. Busts on himself about things. It, it's it's really cool. He's he's a, he's he was very funny about. Things. I really thought he was Romo. You like, thought he was going to end up being. Well, it, it was very similar. It was very no. He didn't go out and play. You know. Then again, Romo waited four years. I mean, yeah. or he got to wait. He four got time. Years. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but the way Danucci kind of carried himself yeah. and all that. I mean, it's it was very similar to Tony. You want to know who's giving me Romo vibes is Brock Purdy. Like, do you have you watched him play yet? He, the way he plays reminds me a lot of like he's that kind of guy that kind of dips and ducks and wow, yeah, just yeah, throws yeah. the ball out. Like, yeah, he's he's got plays a little like bit a, of that. Plays like he's a got a little card. bit of that in him. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to take some fan questions here in the last few minutes of the show. We got a, qu- a question from uh, Gary Matera. He says, "Which linebacker do you take off the field for Leighton Vander Esch? Seems like Barr and Clark have been uh, equally underwhelming. Curious to see what combo they go with." Vander Esch and Clark are your players in this game. Yeah. Bar. Why, why Clark over Bar? Because I, I don't think Bar can really run anymore. 
I don't, I don't, I, I don't see the burst. I don't see the ability to finish. I think plays right at him. Anthony Barr, I think, is totally on board with it plays that go away where it it turns into we got to get to the edge and this and we were just talking about this in the previous segment this is going to be a game that might be played on the perimeter Mm -hmm. and so you need to get to the perimeter and I think Anthony Barr has struggled with some of his perimeter play this year might see some goal line for him though because like you said balls running at him his recognition should be there a little bit more not chasing down Fournette in the flat that may be more Clark's thing but I could see probably some goal line packages if he's if he's active, I mean, I, I I hate to think that he's wow. not active. No, but I'm I'm just I don't know the numbers. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just know one guy's coming. If everybody's healthy, that's then, what I'm saying. Yeah. If somebody's coming coming back. Yeah, I don't I don't I would imagine he would be. But I mean, what are you not going to take? Jabril Cox would be inactive. That's yeah. what that's what yeah. well, even with it'll be Cox. Van der Esch coming. Are, do you guys have any, any concerns of like? How he might play after the injury? Yeah, you have to. You have to. You have to. I think he'll actually be fresh. You think so? I think you know what. To me, I the the thing is, I think Leighton Vanderesh has played so well for you this year, and I don't see that stopping. I really, really do. But I, I feel like it worries. Oh, it's gonna be a tough game. It it, it worries me mentally because I felt like the last injury, he wasn't there mentally. Like you could see the hesitation of like just. This year was finally when he was able to let that go and play without having to think about it or or just, yeah. you know, that mental block yeah. of just now trying to get hurt again. So th- that's my main concern of me, uh, him maybe going back to that and just not going full 100% well, and just kind of hesitating a little bit. I would think most of the people in the world, when they see a wolf, would run from it. And this guy... I mean, this guy is the hunter of the wolf. I don't think he's going to be that afraid. I really don't. I'm not trying to be funny about it. I think I think he's got this a mental like like yeah. You you got to be careful with any kind of neck, but I don't think he'd be really afraid to, to go in there and play. This is this is a big game. I mean, this is a game for him too. Like, yeah, he's a he's a free agent. The world's going to be watching. I mean, like he has to prove that that he can't that he can overcome a neck injury and uh, and still be the aggressive guy. So I I think he will be. I. I I wonder, you know, how he'll play, but I think he's a key player to this game. I, I agree. I think he's a huge player for this game, but I, I do share some of Amber's trepidation. Like I, I don't know if it, what is where he will be after being out these weeks with a neck injury. Like it's, uh, neck is just different. Like yeah. neck back well, is different, especially when you're playing linebacker. You're a crash test dummy every game, true. right? So yeah, he wasn't just 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 to be clear, he wasn't like he's not like cleared this week to go play like. He's been ready to go. Like, mm-hmm. like this. I don't think he was just cleared. This yeah, week. they I were letting the thing calm down. Right. Is what they were doing. Right. So that, to me, yeah, and you're, and, and I could see where everybody's saying what they're saying because you know we've seen with Tyron Smith. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was over here like, hey, I think you're going to be better at right tackle. Tyron Smith, not they're not playing better at right yeah, tackle. He's not right better now. at right tackle. Yeah. They're not better at right tackle yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's. I think there is reason to have some concern. We'll see how he plays. If he gets back to what he was before the injury. That's what Dallas needs. Yeah. If they're going to be successful in the playoffs, to me, they need that I level mean, I, of play. I, I think we kind of forget that part. I thought his injury was a big, big blow in that Jacksonville game. Yeah. I mean, because the way Travis, 
ETN or whatever his name is. Uh, mm-hmm. You said it right. Great job. Is that right? Yeah, ETN, right? It doesn't look right. Um, but, but the way he ran the ball, I mean, I didn't realize he had so many rushing yards. And yeah. and, and I think down at the goal line, some of the passes that Barr, I thought, struggled with there. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that that was a big, big loss in that game. I'm not sure that Jacksonville wins that game if they, you know, because they had to score a lot of points. And yeah. I don't think they would have. Let's take another question from Sam Greason. He says, do you think they'll have Parsons focus on rushing up the middle to disrupt Brady's pocket? Also, the issues they're having right now at center. Yeah. Their center's hurt. You Move think around. That, you think that would be a good opportunity Absolutely. For Go for it. Yep. If, they're gonna, if, they're gonna, if their center situation doesn't stabilize or they, they don't have their guys in there, the right, you know, who they feel like that they you know, can play with. By all means, I, that's, I, this is a game you move them around. You just figure it out. You say, okay. This is how we're going to rush. I, I mentioned Donovan Smith. Donovan Smith has to be terrified playing this game, that he that he has not played well enough this year, and he's got that guy over there that lit him up in week one. So and if anything, if anything, all that attention on 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 uh, Parsons, somebody else has got to win on those other these other sides. And that too. guy could be Sam Williams, who mm-hmm. you know his first game of the season didn't really do much, contribute. I don't even know. I don't remember him playing or doing anything in that game. Uh, he's got to be a different player than he was now. So I mean, he could be one of those guys once he moves inside. Parsons moves inside. Maybe Sam from the outside. Yeah. One thing about the playoffs that seems to happen every year is you have players for every successful team that weren't necessarily great players during the regular season that step up and provide something extra in the off se- I mean, in the in the postseason, I think Sam Williams can be that guy for Dallas. I think he is a guy that if they really use him, I think this offseason – I mean, I'm sorry, in this postseason, yeah. I think he can be a big factor for this defense because I think he has the talent. Yeah. I just don't think he's always gotten the opportunity. Well, and part of that's probably because they needed to mature him along mm-hmm. and get him more ready. Uh, I mean, but I think now it's time to use him. I don't know what his play snap is. I mean, it can't be anywhere close to what the other guys are. But he led the team in tackles for loss. Mm. Yeah. And that's a limited time. Was limited, very limited very, time. Very yeah. limited time here. You know, seven seven tackles for loss. So, amazing. And and also he gets around the football too. You yep. know, he's got three fumble recoveries too. Yep. Talk about disruptive players. I think outside of Micah, he might be one of your most disruptive players. Yep. No doubt about it. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us back tomorrow. Uh we'll be talking about the Tampa Bay offense versus I'm sorry, Tampa Bay defense versus the Dallas offense. Still in for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!